Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Enjoy local voices. Enjoy local opinions. All on one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast DC is the new local app with hundreds of DC area podcasts. Featuring some of the DC area's best personalities, pundits, and provocateurs. Earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts you love instantly. With new programs being added every week, don't hesitate. Download Podcast DC now for free. Available in the App Store or in Google Play. Podcast DC. Listen local. Say It Loud Network presents Business of the Beat. Okay, everyone, training, talent, tenacity. These three traits are the cornerstones of Mikela's career as a beauty expert, educator, and artist. Mikela brings beauty to runways, editorial spreads, and commercial advertising with exciting looks that have been featured in leading titles such as Mary Claire, Harper's Bazaar, Essence, Vogue Italia, and on NBC's flagship morning show, The Today Show. In addition to her work as a brand ambassador, Mikela's vast experience includes platform education, production work, and product development consultation for clients including Pat McGrath Labs, Meron Makeup, Beauty Blender, Makeup Forever, Black Opal, and Danessa Myrick's Beauty. Mikela's versatility centers on her expertise in skin work for all skin tones and as a transformative body paint artist. Mikela, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. I feel like we are a Clubhouse success story, which we are going to talk about the magic that you bring to Clubhouse. And I'm just so excited to learn more about you, to hear about your journey and your story. So I always love to start from the beginning. And I think one thing that I was just fascinated with you is that you are a transformative body paint artist, an educator, and a consultant. So it's this interesting left and right brain that I love to kind of dissect. So tell us everything. What's been your journey? How did you get to today? Where did you grow up? All the things. Well, one, thank you so much for having me, Kendra. Um, And it's so funny that you said the left and right brain thing, because this is literally my hill that I'm dying on, that I really think that there are a lot of people that are both left and right brain, and we need to like celebrate that multiplicity um, more. But yeah, so my background is not in beauty or art or anything of the sort at all. I have a tech background. Um, So I went to school for international business and information systems. And um, that was not to age myself, but that was during the Enron scandal time. So I started out in like control assurance, Sarbanes-Oxley, all that fun tech stuff. And once I got into that world, uh, you know, sitting in a gray cube or a room in the World Bank or whatever, like when you're dealing with clients, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this for like 20, 30 years. This is remarkably boring. Um, so even with 
like it's great money and they try to like you know you know company happy hours and all these great perks and all that and I think it really works for some people but like that was the point that I had to really be honest with myself to be like oh I do not want to do this like I'm going to be sincerely depressed um so I initially was trying to actually make a foray into fashion I thought I wanted to like do merchandising or styling or something but luckily um none of those opportunities worked out like I was interviewing with like free people and you know not to like like to actually work in like corporate um and kind of make that transition nothing worked out I was I mean I'm half Nigerian and Liberian I'm a hustler so I had my full-time job and I was like I'm gonna get a part-time job at the cosmetics department too and just because I liked makeup and then I was like oh but I really like this makeup and like kind of beauty world and it exposed me more to it because I didn't even know what the beauty industry was I didn't even know beauty was an industry like and certainly didn't understand the impact the buying power all the different roles that you could play working in beauty um yeah so I just kind of like in a very crazy way was like I'm gonna ride this makeup thing and just tried that and um my company I was working with was getting acquired and I had the opportunity to either reapply for my job and if I got it I would have to move to Texas child I'm so glad I did not do that or I could uh leave and I was like, well, I'm going to leave. And at that time I was, I had built, started building a relationship with Danessa Myricks. Um, this was way before she even had Danessa Myricks beauty. She still had a brand called I Make You Beautiful at that time. And I was working with her and like using my vacation time before the company, um, you know, before they shut down our part. And yeah. And then, so when we basically were getting laid off or it was getting quiet, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just try out makeup and see how that goes. And yeah, 10 years later, here I am. <laughs> Um, one landing was absolutely not soft. I like landed in a briar patch. Um, (laughs) um, I'll be honest. I think for everybody, like the time or the right time is different. Um, I think if you grow up in like kind of a traditional system, you know, you go to primary school, whatever, you go to higher education, you are really offered this status quo of what life is supposed to be. You're supposed to get like a well-paying job, the 401k, the health insurance, you partner off, you have kids and you live this nine to five, 40 plus hour a week existence. And you're cool with that. And you live your life on the weekends. And I recognized, thankfully, at a young age, I was like, oh, hell no. This is not a quality of life that I want. Like, this actually sucks. Like, I only do things that I really am excited about on the weekend. So I will be honest, and I don't think people should do it the way that I did. I did not have a plan. I didn't have a massive amount of savings, anything like that. I basically was like, um, excuse my language, um, I'm out. And I just like was like, I'm going to try my best. And it was hard. I I struggled because I didn't plan accordingly, but I just, I thought I was invincible at that time. I don't necessarily have that same amount of bravery now, but in your twenties, you're like, whatever. Um, Yeah, exactly. I can do it. Like you're capable of anything. And it was very much like, I still have a little bit of that. Like if I decide I really want to do something, I put my mind to it. It's just matter of fact. But in terms of connecting with Danessa, um, when I was working at the cosmetics department, I met another makeup artist. She was way more experienced than I was. And I thought she was like, she was crazy, really. She was so different from like 
what I knew. You know, I'm a, I'm a church kid. Like my mom's a pastor and a professor. So I really grew up sheltered. And she was like a former stripper and she did makeup. And she was like always like talking these crazy stories. And I was like, oh my God, people like this exist. And I was like high key obsessed with her. And she used to, I know this is such a crazy ass story. Um, and she used to, she used to um, be obsessed with Nessa. And she watched all her moves. Like Danessa used to do these instructional DVDs. And one day she invited me over and was like, girl, you got to watch this movie, um, this instructional makeup DVD. And it was called Multidimensional Makeup. And we went over and we were watching it. And I, it was like, someone was teaching makeup the way they taught me things in college. Like it was like very process oriented, not like this is just what I do. And she, and I was like, wow, okay. That like blew my mind. And I, and she was coming to uh, Maryland. I this is where I lived at that time. She was coming to Maryland to teach at this thing. And I volunteered to be an assistant. I didn't even know it was called an assistant at that time. I was like, can I be a volunteer? Yeah. I was like, can I be a volunteer in your class? Like they were looking for that. I didn't even know what an assistant was. And yeah, I showed up and worked my ass off that day in like a little sequin mini skirt. Uh, Cause we used to wear some crazy to do makeup and yeah and that's how we started building our relationship well and it's so funny I love it because I said to people when I started my first company digital brand architects I was like we mm-hmm. didn't have a long business plan we didn't have this like crazy savings but we knew that there was an opportunity in the market and this is mm-hmm. year one in 2009 and so I'm in my 20s and being like, oh, I'm going to start this company. And I was fortunate because I was working at Ralph Lauren. And so to your point, it was like, how much can you do in your off hours and still do your day mm-hmm. job? And then we literally just like jumped. And so I agree with you. There's such a balance, right? Sometimes you do need a business plan and you do need savings mm-hmm. depending upon what it is you're building. But I also think that people can get stuck because they don't have these things and they think that like, you need all of this to go. And I know I found in another company that I'm building now, like it's the notion of spending so much money on the models and the this and the that. And I'm like, at what point do we just launch? And I think that it's the bravery. Like in my twenties, I'd be launching things, even in my thirties, like being in my forties, it's such a different life experience of what my responsibilities are and like where I have to show up. And it's different for everybody and nothing's ever easy that is worth doing anyways. Exactly. And what do you, so I want to talk about this because you mentioned that your mom's a professor and then Mm -hmm. you talked about kind of being an educator and you do a lot of, and even with your story, like the root of everything that you do is kind of education. It sounds like, Mm -hmm. and I went onto your site and I was looking at all the different things and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it's fantastic because it's for pros. And then I guess it's for the term prosumer, but talk about like the education piece of what you do. Do you still, from a a makeup artist perspective like do you lead with the education is it more about being in the field working and how does education play such a big role in where you are today um so it definitely leads with me being in the field working like I will always want to be an artist before I want to be an educator I think I naturally tend to want to share knowledge and so that makes me inclined to educate others and it's not necessarily always in the beauty space I think that's just who I am and I, I definitely think my mom has influence in that from being like growing up in the home with a professor um and you know i i used to like be a math tutor for like full classes like so education is kind of 
part of what I just have been doing. Um, but I really like doing makeup and body painting. So I always will want to do that first. Like I don't want to be teaching anybody about something that I'm not doing. And I find that the best educators um, tend to be people who are in practice of what they're teaching um, because nothing, well, I guess math stays the same. Two plus two is always going to be four, but ultimately like things progress and change. So you have to almost kind of be actively doing that work to fully understand um, and to be able to share and connect with your students in a way that's still relevant. Um, but I got into makeup education in a way that was completely unintentional. I was running from it. I was like, I just want to do my makeup leave alone I don't want to teach anybody anything like I'm not here to like do feed the children makeup like I was like no just no not at all like you know it's makeup is really weird because people tend to be secretive and like now in the influencer world not as much but like pre all of this influence thing it was like you had your stuff in like unmarked containers so people couldn't tell what it was. It's very like hush hush about methodology. Um, but I, I had a health crisis in 2016 um, that prevented me from being able to actually work as a makeup artist. I, it was a crazy thing. Like my lung collapsed on a plane. I almost died. I had to have lung surgery um, and I couldn't lift anything. Obviously <laughs> being a makeup artist, you have to lift. You have to be very active. And I like, I couldn't walk around a supermarket without like falling asleep and being like completely exhausted. So, um, I had like just out of need because I was getting sick and I didn't realize it. I I took like just a freelance gig to like teach a five day class at Makeup Forever Academy. And um, I ended up loving it because I it was <laughs> so crazy because I, I didn't realize how associated teaching is with service. Um, and I've always been a person that like does community service and things like that. And being a teacher is really like servant leadership. Like you are there to serve your students, but in a leadership role. And that really appealed to me and I didn't recognize that. So I kept taking the freelance jobs like, cause it was good money too. And then um, they offered me a full-time position literally while I was in the hospital, like trying not to die. Um, and so I took the job because it was like, oh, I won't even be able to do makeup. So it was perfect. And I ended up teaching with Makeup Forever at their academy in Soho and being a platform educator for like what, two, three years. Um, and then from there, I was like, oh, I really like this teaching thing. And that's how I started doing it independently too. Wow. I love that. It's so funny. We talk about like saying yes Right. Like mm -hmm. when you say yes to things and you don't know what it's going to lead to and how yeah. different circumstances and situations like having such a serious health, the way that that actually became a path to something that you found out that you loved. I'm always yeah. like everything happens for a reason, even when at the time mm -hmm. it may be hard or painful. But yeah. saying that yes to them, like opened up a whole nother revenue stream, but also like the passion of something that you love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you talk about psychology and makeup. And there was a phrase that you said that I love. You said makeup is where art and science meet. What does that mean in terms of like the impact of makeup is where art and science meet? It's so profound. Like break that down for us in terms of what that statement stands for. Um, I guess for me, that's when I really started understanding how to truly do makeup, that I wasn't like just doing what someone had shared with me. It was like, I really understood the like theories behind what we do. So when you are doing makeup, you are actually using foundational art principles like 
to make someone, whether if, I mean, I guess for beauty makeup to make them look more attractive or to tell some sort of story um, in special effects is the same thing. Like how do you play with texture and shadow and dimension and light to create, you know, these different shapes and these illusions. Cause that essentially is what it is. Makeup is really just an illusion. Um, as much as I hate to admit that because people always like to joke, it is your, tricking the human eye to see something that isn't really there. You know, you can make someone's eyes look more cold. You can make their lips look fuller. You can really transform someone's face. So that's like our principles, but art is a, is a science, right? So if you think about even color theory, like how colors work with one another, how we see them developed by Sir Isaac Newton was color theory, like was initially developed by him. He is considered a philosopher and a scientist. Like color theory is a science. It's not necessarily only considered art. And then when you think about ingredients, that is not, you have to know science to do effective makeup. How do ingredients work with one another? What is the order of operations of what you can use? Cause that can make your makeup not work. You know, Everybody loves this new primer. Well, it's silicone based and your favorite foundation is water based. And that's why it's filling up. You know, it's like you have to have that intersection of that knowledge because you are an artist, but you are in part a, a scientist. You know, it's it goes deep. Like the more that I've started teaching and really developed my own like concepts and how to convey this information, I would even say there's a little bit of philosophy in there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's philosophy. I think there's therapy. I mm-hmm. think there's, oh. I mean, I feel like makeup <laughs> artists have to make sure that they're really taking care of themselves because, yeah. it, and, and I don't think, I love how you're breaking it down because it is a science. Like people think mm-hmm. that you can just pop up on YouTube and call yourself a makeup artist and start showing different mm-hmm. looks. But the art and the science, I mean, I love that and color theory and philosophy and even just the understanding of how it works. Because I know I'm the first one to tell my makeup artist, but I love glitter and like the understanding of what's going to happen if you need that to be on all day or if you change like, wow. And the other thing that I wanted you to talk about is there's a part in your bio and I was just, I was drawn to it and I actually started Googling and you talk about how you draw inspiration from everything from Afrofuturistic concepts to geometric shapes. And it's just, it's so dynamic when you think about Afrofuturistic concepts. And even as you're talking about the transformation and what happens from philosophy and science. So when you think about that, like, what's the inspiration and what are the Afrofuturistic concepts that you're looking at now? Like, how do you put it all together? Um, So this is where, like, it gets really nerd out on the beauty and making. <laughs> it nerds out. So if, like, historically, Africans originated makeup. So it you can say it started in ancient Egypt. Some people will say, well, no, it started in Kush, which you know, um, predated ancient Egypt. So when we think about coal liner, we think about the idea of foundation, you know, there was an aesthetic value, but there is also very much a practical, spiritual, sometimes um, uh, homeopathic value. Uh, coal in ancient Egypt was like, yeah, to ward off evil eye, the cat shape. And then also Nile River Basin to like to protect against getting sand and dust in your eyes. Like there's animal fat and it actually catches those things. 
Um, when you think about rites of passage with uh, like African secret societies, there's a lot of body paint, face paint, um, whether it's like tattooing, scarification, which are all things that are like the predecessors of makeup. It all has to do with an aesthetic value, but it also is like an indicator of social status. It's an indicator of, um, you know, whether you're ready to be married and all those things. And all of that progressed to create makeup. There's always like with beauty, there's always like a social element or social historical element that's pushing what's happening with beauty. Right. So like even in, um, in like the world now, modern world, social media completely changed how we even perceive beauty, how accessible beauty is to everyone. Like, it, it upended the entire thing in the sixties landing on the moon, you know, everybody was doing futuristic makeup, um, you know, and, and so when I think about Afro futuristic concepts, it's like really an extension of like the origination of where makeup is because we've been left outside of the beauty conversation a lot, but we are really the originators of beauty rituals and practices. Um, and so you see a lot of like special effects and editorial makeup. Yeah. So like, you know, I would say Africa is really the originator of beauty rituals and other like ancient civilizations, right? That it was a combination of a spiritual, practical use that was associated with like an aesthetic value as well, too. Um, and so in like exploring that in my work, it's really like kind of an extension of what the origination of beauty rituals and body painting, face painting and all of those things are. Um, and even in like things that are not like body painting, whether it's coal or whatnot, this is part of the identity formation process for black people. Um, and so that's what's most important to me as a black person. Cause when you look at editorial, you look at special effects, you do not see as many black people in there. Like now you see it a little bit more cause there's this new wave of like inc inclusivity of black models and whatnot, but we just are not represented. Um, and my work, that's just what happens to resonate with me. So it's like this intersection of, you know, traditional uh, African and ancient civilization uh, aesthetic practices, whether it's body paint, face paint, uh, beauty, and then my work as like an editorial um, like artist is really what it is. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is so fascinating. I feel like we can have a whole conversation where you're really changing the mindset and the perception of mm -hmm. how we approach beauty. And I love that because I think it goes deeper. There's the conversation how we've been left out as Black people in terms of what we see. But getting to the root and to the origins of it, I think is so important because it it it, yeah. it kind of transcends everything, right? If you can get to the origins and understand it with such a deeper meaning, then I think that there's no way that you can alleviate us from the conversation as much as you try. Yes. And it's really interesting. You said something about the animal fat that was used to, mm -hmm. you know, capture. And I think it's fascinating how you look at it because you also do product development consulting. Mm -hmm. So knowing everything that you know, and as we go from a history and how studied you are in terms of mm -hmm. the, the origins, and then you talk about something like animal fat being so smart in those days in terms of covering, and then we yeah. go into this clean beauty movement and all these different things. As a generation and as a society, we've progressed. So we've learned mm -hmm. a lot. But talk about, I mean, you've done product development consulting, Pat McGrath, um, Beauty Blender, Makeup Forever, Black Opal, Danessa. I mean, those are 
definitely historic brands, but they're also different in terms of yeah. who they were set up to serve. So what lessons, you know, can you share in terms of combining this history and origin that you know with product development in the sense of now and thinking through the lens of consumers and founders who are really trying to figure out product development for their own um i think that one thank you that's a really excellent question um i i think it's really about paying attention to kind of the um the pattern of social history impacting what's happening in beauty, right? So maybe like two years ago, um, I work with a lab that's uh, one of the largest like uh, labs here in New York. And I kept, I was like, you guys really need to work in the innovation space, developing makeup that works with skincare. Like, the skincare wave is a thing. People are going to be more concerned with like, you cannot have makeup that does not work with oil because everybody's into facial oils now. So, and I was singing that swan song for a long time and they just were not paying attention. Now they're trying to play catch up. And it's like, you know how long it takes to develop a product. You got to be ahead of the wave. And I think really what it is, is that people have to think about things more in a system. And I think that's where my tech background really helps me because we focused on systems oriented thinking. I don't think about product development in a vacuum. I think about product development in accordance with like, like, well, what's happening in pop culture? What's happening in social history right now? What are the other trends we're seeing? And how can that directly or indirectly impact what's happening in beauty? You know, um, and I think that that's what's really important. Like this whole, the the, the clean beauty thing, I, I think is is really important. But I think, I think the bubble's going to pop. And I think people are going to realize that a lot of it is performative. Um, and um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I think there's this Listen, I think that this, there's this huge beauty wave right now, but then you're also starting to see murmurs of people like that are very much like, but yeah, I'm okay with chemicals or maybe it can be a mixture. And I think what's going to really happen is a place we're going to reach a place of compromise where there's like people that can really be clean, that can really be sustainable, like Vintner's daughter, like she's sustainable, like that's real. You know, she's not doing too much. Like those are the type of brands that are really good and two products. And she's like, I'm not developing anything else. Like, that's it. And it's it shows that she is authentically committed um, and subscribed to this and that she's not just trying to ride the wave and she's not developing like a line with 25 different products talking about I'm clean and sustainable because like that... In, in terms of just generally thinking about a person who lives sustainably, probably leaning towards some level of minimalism in terms of product use, how does a line that carries 25 products make sense? But people will try to market you that idea and ride the wave when like the actions and full scope of that brand doesn't show that. And I think what is really going to happen is like it's stripping down to authenticity and people are just paying more attention. Like we're being led by Gen Z's to be more educated, to really hold people accountable. Um, and I think that's what people have to pay attention to when they're developing product, like really look around and see what's happening, not just in beauty. Um, and then think about, OK, what does this look like might be happening in the future? And I think that's how people really can develop products that make sense, as opposed to just like subscribing to this is how you develop a brand, like whatever cookie cutter process, you know, is being offered. That is, that is so true. And it's interesting that you talk about that because it, it so much is 
performative or trying to fit in the spots or trying to ride the wave of the trends. And I do think there's going to have to be compromise because mm-hmm. I think that it's, you know what, it goes back to what you said, understanding the ingredients and how they impact each other and the impact and the effect that they have overall. Right. Mm-hmm. And being clear with that. And then, I mean, it, it is true. Like you have to represent what you stand for. It takes us back to authenticity, which has been the yep. foundation of brands for so long. And if it's not authentic for you to be a clean brand, then you need to figure out like what are what is authentic to you, stay in that lane and message around it, right? And like be yep. okay with that or not. And thank you so much for saying just be okay with that. Like I think people need to accept everybody cannot be fully clean. Everybody's not gonna be vegan and cruelty free. Like and I don't want to see products tested on animals, but I don't also don't need your product to be vegan. At least for me, like that's not a selling or preventing point for me. It's like I just ate chicken wings. So how am I pressed that this brand is vegan or not? Like I'm going to eat these animal products later and I wear leather. I wear leather. You know, I'm, I'm honest about who I am and like what is really making a difference to me. But I think so many brands are like, oh, well, we know you have to be vegan and cruelty free because that makes a difference. It's like, okay, everybody in the world isn't vegan and all of us don't actually care about that. And listen, I can be the villain for saying that, but it's just the truth. And just like I shamelessly eat my neck bones, I'm going to shamelessly say I'm not in embarrassed to say I don't care if it's vegan or not (laughs) girl unapologetically be our yes I want to see brands do that as well too because I appreciate that honesty it's okay if that's not who your brand identity is and I don't think that is going to make the difference in whether or not you're successful that's my thought say authentic be who you are, be okay with that and story around Mm -hmm. it. And so, you know, let's talk about storytelling and let's talk about what you've built on Clubhouse. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I am such a fan of all that you do and you run multiple Clubhouse clubs, the Beauty Club, Black Beauty Chat. You have a Beauty Town Hall on Sundays. You've been featured everywhere from Glossy to Women's Wear Daily. And I just, I love what you said. You're like, I'm completely addicted to Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse every single day. Um, You said you use it more than any other social media platform. Mm -hmm. So one, you're going to have to give us a good plug for all the times of all your shows because they're fascinating. So let's talk about Clubhouse because I think for, for me, I've been trying to balance going on Clubhouse with everything else that's going on in terms of coming back into the world. And you've been so successful, but you've been successful because you're providing great conversation, education, like it's all meaningful. And the people that you curate and that you bring together, I mean, it's just, it's really powerful. And so talk about it. Like, how has that helped your business? Um, What's been the impact of being on Clubhouse? What's the future for you on Clubhouse? And talk about your show. Yeah, so Clubhouse has been so, like, a completely unexpected phenomenon. I joined in October. I had never even heard of Clubhouse the day before I joined. Like, I, I like to think I'm in the know, but I'm really not fully in the know about things that like, I'm not a cool kid in that way. Like it's not, you know, Clubhouse premiered in March and people were on there like by 
by April, that's not me. Like, I'm very just in my own little world. So my homegirl, who's a poet, not even the beauty space, invites me to join this thing. And I'm like, it's like a chat line. Like, I almost didn't even want to join. And then I got in there and I was like, oh, this seems cool. Nobody's having beauty conversations. So I just started like talking about what I want to talk about. Because I was like, I don't want to talk to these tech bros. Like, I don't care about, like, I mean, I care about VCs, but I also, unless you're a VC talking to me, I just, that that's just not me. So, and I know that's very valuable information for people, but I just was like, oh, this sounds like Charlie Brown. I'm good. So I started doing these rooms and I honestly had zero intention plan, whatever. It just was like something I was doing for fun. I was recovering from an injury at that time. So I was just home sitting down and just talking. And I, I definitely have a gift for Gab. So I think that helped. And I was like, gosh, I'm really obsessed with this thing. Like it was, there was a level of novelty uh, that was happening at the beginning that doesn't necessarily happen now. And I was ODing. I was on Clubhouse. I can't even tell you how many hours a day late into the night. My sleep schedule was messed up. It was like crazy, but I was able to really build this amazing community. Um, and I always try to just focus on having really great thought provoking conversation. Um, like I like to have fun, but if I'm going to sit here and talk to you for a, a long time, it's probably not just going to be about kikis. Um, Cause you know, time is valuable, right? So there's a time for kiki, but like I, I, I really in the beauty space specifically, it was like, I, I want to talk about beauty and disability. I want to talk about reclaiming the black beauty supply. I want to talk about historically why there's so many Korean owned salons in black neighborhoods. Like what happened? And there's actually like very significant, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, and so we just kept doing that and then started connecting with these like amazing people that I would have never imagined that I would met. Like you, yourself included, like when would we have bumped into one another otherwise um and so that's been beautiful like you know last night i had um i had dinner with somebody from the nars team not even necessarily about nars like we just were shooting the shit because we became people from clubhouse and so i've been able to build these beautiful relationships i've definitely had some great brand activations that have been um really amazing and i'll be honest i've been taking quite a bit of a break from clubhouse like doing weekly shows because i was absolutely burnt out like to a crisp burnt out and I really wanted to see kind of how things were progressing because um, I felt like there was a season where people were just kind of growth hacking and working the app but not really having conversations that were worthwhile and I just didn't feel the need to show up for that um, and I was like okay I don't know if I like what this app is becoming because it was like there's no conversation there's 50 people on stage and you guys just want to pump numbers like this is that what is that um, but I, I took a bit of a break and I, I've still been doing my beauty town hall, of course, Sunday, every uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we initially started where it was like we would talk about what was happening on Clubhouse because at that time it was like, oh, did you see that Allure joined Clubhouse? Did you see that Women's Wear Daily is on Clubhouse? And it was it was like so like exciting. But, you know, that that novelty's kind of worn off. So now it's like um, topics of discussion, you know, in beauty, like what's really relevant this week. So um, maybe two weeks ago we talked about why are more beautiful 
beauty brands doing endorsement and collaboration deals with female athletes. You know, like who is doing the Bond Blue for Shakari's lace front? Like we need to know. And can we get a deal? Like whose lashes are you wearing? Um, you know, what are these? You're doing chocolate. I want to know what your like body care routine is because y'all are out in the sun sweating all day. And I want to know what you're using. And so, you know, we talked about like, why aren't journalists doing that? And that, that is what I like the most on Clubhouse more than anything, those types of convos. So um, I had to kind of pull back, regroup, um, and I'll be starting up again, uh, hopefully next week with some new programming. But um, I'll be doing a history of beauty series because you can tell I really love beauty. Yeah, the first one is going to be the history of men wearing makeup and that that type of thing, because that's what interests me the most. Um, and I, I think we're at a place now that Clubhouse is really niching down and people are over the novelty so you have to really be offering something of substance um, especially in the beauty space like the beauty folks are like listen we're not going to come on here and talk about blush for five hours (laughs) we've we've evolved we've evolved yes exactly because that was really a thing at one point do you think that for um entrepreneurs coming on to clubhouse now especially in our industry do you Mm -hmm. think that there's still an opportunity for them to drive impact for their businesses? Yes, 100%. I do. I think people just like before still have to be thoughtful and very intentional with like what they're creating. You know, if IHOP and Steakhouse Bacon could come on and do a ASMR room of sizzling bacon for hours and they had me in their DMs, like I'm here for the bacon and getting coupons for bacon, then there's opportunity because people are still active on the app. As, absolutely. But you just have to be like, you have to come with more than just like a boring ass conversation because I think people think they and just come up and talk about whatever and people will engage. Um, but no, it has to be something really worthwhile, I think. But I think the opportunity is still there, 100%. That's great. Because we do, we talk about, you know, where do we focus our time and what's going to mm-hmm. give us the biggest impact for what we're yeah. trying to do. And so I think it still remains like what you want to do, your resource allocation. I know we had a whole clubhouse conversation just in terms of like the value of your time and how much time you're spending against in some cases like an hourly rate or a day of doing makeup and like weighing out the cost analysis and benefit, which we all need the promotion and marketing as we're growing a brand. It's just where do you focus your time? Mm-hmm. And so on Sunday, your beauty town hall is at 10 a.m. Eastern. Yes. Okay. Well, I want to make sure we have the time. We have the time. Yes. 10 a.m. Eastern. And what, as we, as we get ready to wrap up, I know we're, we're getting close on time and I still have to have more time. Mm-hmm. Because I have so I have so much I want to say, but what is, what's next for you? Like what's coming? What are you excited about? Um, I am excited to delve fully back into creating. Um, I was really scared to, I mean, I did some testing during the pandemic, but now it feels much safer to safer to be regularly just creating things that I want to create that are not for a client or whatever the case may be. So releasing just more independent work is really exciting. Um, yeah, some other things I'm doing right now that I'm not really ready to share just yet. A huge new chapter for me. Um, but yeah, really working on my artistry, hopefully things getting safe or, or sort of safe again sometime soon. So I can go back to my in-person, um, classes. Cause I would really love to start to do my master classes again. Um, yeah. And hopefully something, some in real life, uh, beauty clubhouse stuff. 
I want to be there. I want to be there. Let me know. Let me know. Yes. <laughs> I'll get the insider scoop. So as we wrap up every week, we always want to know, like, what's one brand that you're excited about? I know it's hard because there's so many, but we just like to share the love for different brands. Damn. I'm looking at a table full of makeup right now. That's why my head is turned this way. And I'm like, what am I super excited about? Oh my gosh. I cannot remember the name of the brand. And it's my cousin's brand, which is so sad, but I was like so pleasantly surprised at how good the products was. <laughs> Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, okay. I'll just explain what the product is and then I'll give another brand. So they have this and maybe you knew about it and I just was not hip that this isn't a product on the market. So it's like almost like Alka-Seltzer for the shower, um, but it has eucalyptus in it. It's like this like pill and you put it at the bottom of the shower and then it does like an aromatherapy like spa treatment in the shower, but it's eucalyptus and it just like fumes up all this aromatherapy like fumes. It is incredible. Like mind blowing. I was like, I've never it was it's like a shower bomb. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's super, um, super soothing. I'm like looking up his account right now because I'm like, I need to know the name of this and I'm tripping. But yeah, it's incredible. But I would say that um, other brand that I'm kind of obsessed with right now, honestly, I, I feel like I shout her all, all the time. She's probably like, girl, I know you like other people. But Danessa Myricks just does not... <laughs> for me like I so it's a specific product that like because I haven't been wearing a lot of makeup um like this is we got glammed up for you today um so I it's like um it's called a prism effects lotion in peach and I love to dab it on my cheeks like when I don't have makeup on but I want a little bit of glow so you know it'll just catch that area right above the mask like if I'm outside or something and it's it's like perfection for Summertime, so I, I live by it. Oh, I'm so I'm like I'm, I'm, like, I'm like I gotta find this. But you know what? The the, the the thing is, I think it's like the more we shout out the brands that we love and the people behind them, that's like yes. the service that we're doing. So I'm so excited that you continue to support oh. and. There's a story. You found it. Yes, I found the name. I was like, God. And it's so simple. I'm like, you actually are so basic. It's scrub soaps, etc. Oh, oh my gosh. That that's yeah. I know. And it's it's called an aromatherapy shower steamer. And they're like five bucks. The stuff that we can come up with. And they probably were like in their shower, like, oh, I wish I had this all the time. Yes. And we're like, I'm gonna create a scrub soap. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I know it sounds like horrible to say, but because, you know, sometimes people be like, oh, I want to send you something. And sometimes when it's like Kitchen Maid, not that I don't think Kitchen Maid products are good. I'm always like, it's about to be the same type of stuff. And I was like, damn, this is good. Like, I haven't even told them how obsessed I am with it yet. Like, and I'm ready to order some works. I'm like, no, I need to pay for this. Y'all can't just be sending me this because I'm going to be ordered regularly. But yeah, try the shower steamer because it was, it was it was pretty mind blowing. And the hand salve is really good. Okay, the shower steamer. That's a good one. Woo, I love this. I always love to hear like everyone's brands because I'm learning all these different things to put in my beauty closet. So this is fantastic. Thank you for dropping jewels. Thank you for the history of all of the pieces together. Like I, I just love that. And especially the origin story. So I appreciate you. I know that we have so much more to talk about and I'm excited. I'm excited to see you IRL and what's coming up next. 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was lovely. Um, you are a wonderful host um, and such great questions. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for taking time to share your insights, the history, the knowledge. It's just fascinating to think about makeup through the lens of art and science. So appreciate you sharing. And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. So this week, make sure to follow at Vintner's Darter at Bittner's Daughter. And as always, I love to leave you with one thing from today's guest, and that is you're capable of anything. So make sure that you always remember that you're capable of anything. And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Make sure that you subscribe. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, coordinating producer Lauren Turner, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Radio.com, or where you get your podcasts. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.